Welcome to the Limitless Healing Podcast, where everyone is welcome to take a front row seat and listen in on inspiring conversations, stories of healing, and action steps to help you live your best life. My name is Colette Brown, and I am passionate about all things wellness, mind, body, soul, inspired by my own personal transformation from unwell and not knowing where to turn to thriving and flourishing and motivated to help you do the same. I share this platform with medical doctors, wellness practitioners, chronic illness survivors, meditation and mindfulness gurus, innovators of products from food to technology and more. Think of it as a one-stop shop for wellness resources where you can listen to professionals from around the world to help you thrive. Join me Mondays and Wednesdays while sipping a cup of tea or making your favorite meal as we explore the world of wellness together. This is the Limitless Healing Podcast. Have you ever daydreamed about how much better life could be if you could just turn on your happiness switch? My next guest, does just that. She helps others dive deep and discover how to remove obstacles and live authentically to live the life of their dreams. Happiness coach, published author, podcast host, and passionate about helping others make small shifts to radical transformation. I am overjoyed to welcome Sandy Scarlotta. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you, Colette. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here today. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. <laughs> I am so happy to have you. And um, unless you've been living in a bubble, you'll know that all over the news, there are reports of how the mental health is declining and how happiness is declining. And I felt that it was so important to have you on as the happiness coach to just share with us about your experiences and how people can actually implement things in their life to be happy and turn on that happiness switch. So, um, one of the things when I was kind of looking up and about happiness is according to the general social survey, they said that traditionally, uh, people who are happy outweighed people three to one who were not too happy. And today that axis is crossed. And people are now saying that they're not too happy as opposed to more than usually happy. So uh, it's amazing and fascinating how COVID has taken us further, but since the seventies and they, since they've been tracking this, we've been on the decline of happiness. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'd like to get into that a little bit as well with you, but can you just maybe shine a light on that from your perspective? Well, I think that there's a lot at play. Um, not only do we have our everyday stressors that we're dealing with, whether it's getting the kids off to school or you have a job or you're sitting in traffic or, you know, you have a family member that is sick. I mean, there's so many things that can affect us personally, just in our own little world. And then you've got everything going on outside the world. And then you have social media. I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like being a teenager or a young adult in today's world because I didn't have to deal with any of those things. Thank goodness. Um, you know, I, I'm like pre-internet, pre-cell phone, pre-answering machine, you know, all of those things where you just left 
you know, you left the house in the morning and when it was dark, you come home mm-hmm. and, and that was, and you're playing outside and you're playing ball and, and all of those things. And today the world has just changed so much. And I, and I don't know that we're necessarily equipped to handle it because we're not being educated how to handle it. They don't teach mm-hmm. you in school. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is up to the parents to educate and teach these skills that I talk about so that we're raising, you know, well-adjusted young adults. And, um, you know, that's why I'm on my mission to try to spread the word that that it is a choice. And there's all sorts of tools at our disposal that are, they're very simple. This is Mm -hmm. not hard at all. It's easy as peasy. It's easy peasy. (laughs) It is. But I, I need to rephrase that. It's easy, but it may not be simple for everybody because it does take a conscious effort on every single person, every minute of every day. Um, And then we can get into that into more detail, but it's really just about having that awareness of our thoughts, because if you're not aware of them, um, you're, you're ignoring, you're ignoring it. We're ignoring our thoughts and we're just letting that negativity and it just compounds and compounds and compounds. So yeah, it, it is a big, I hadn't, I was not familiar with that particular study, but it's not, it's not surprising at all that Mm -hmm. there's been a decline since seventies for sure. It's, it's fascinating. And to your point, it is a choice, just like Mm -hmm. everything else. Every day is a choice, everything that we do. So I'm really excited to get further into this so you can show us your methods of tapping into happiness. And before we get there, I like to go back, take you all the way back to childhood and just kind of share with us who you were as a child, where you were and what that looked like. That's an interesting question. Um, because it's, it's one that, um, I've learned more about the older I get. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of memories from my childhood. I don't have a lot of happy memories from my childhood. I mean, I, I have happy memories, but not, not that many. Um, it was very volatile. Um, you know, my, my biological father died when I was 18 months old and, and I don't remember him, but he was very physically abusive to my mother and my, my three older siblings. So I was a witness to that. Mm. And that was something that I did have to uncover and deal with because mm-hmm. even though it's not in my conscious memory, it's in my subconscious. So, you know, that's one thing. And then my brother died when I was 12. Um, it was two weeks before my 13th birthday. And so after that point, I don't have a whole lot of memories because life was a blur. Mm. Um, you know, it was such a, a tragic thing that it didn't need to be that way. It was more of the the time in which we lived in. It was 1978. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody went to therapy. It was, it was taboo, you know, and, and when you suffer a loss like that, especially at a young age and nobody's explaining it to you and helping you through it, I was really left to my own devices. And it wasn't until, gosh, like it was been in the past year or two, I thought I was thinking about it and it never dawned on me before because we don't know what we don't know. Right. But I was thinking about it. And I remember I went back to school. I was in middle school and not one person said a word to me. 
the guidance counselor didn't say anything. I didn't have anybody reaching out and being like, hey, we're sorry that this happened. Do you need support? Mm-hmm. So as a by that point, by the time I came back to school, I was 13. And what that did for me is it's like, when you don't talk about it with somebody, you're dismissing it like it didn't happen and it didn't matter. So there was, and I didn't realize this at the time, because like I said, we don't know what we don't know, but that's a lot for a young adult. Um, I mean, you know, I literally just turned 13 years old to, to not be able to wrap my head around it and then not have any of anybody that I looked up to even sit me down and be like, it's okay. Can, can we, you want to talk about it? Like nothing. It just was not discussed. So you didn't have family members or anyone like to share this with or talk about. No, it was just, he's gone. He's gone. Put a smile on your face and everything's going to be okay. Wow. Wow. So there's not, I don't have a lot of memories about like certain things pop up with my teenage years. Um, I think I was just literally in survival mode Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was a amateur figure skater. So that was my escape Mm. was to get out on the ice and just skate. And and it was a very healthy escape because in my early twenties, I turned to drugs, cocaine specifically. It's the only drug I've ever used and ended up hitting rock bottom Mm. because that became such an amazing escape. You know, it's, it's not an amazing drug, but boy, I mean, it was an amazing feeling, that's for sure. And it certainly, you know, um, put me on the path that I am today because then I got into the therapy and I got the help that I needed and right. it put me on this journey that I've been on for 32 years. Right. So you come through childhood, you lose your brother, you don't have a lot of that support. You're doing figure skating, you um, hit rock bottom. And what was that rock bottom? feeling like for you. And it must've been deep enough for you to say, I never want to feel this again. So what was that? Um, actually it, I, I wish it had gone that way. It really wasn't. It was more, I was really more forced into Mm. a recovery program. I was given an ultimatum by my ex-husband who is then my fiance. We had just gotten engaged and I didn't want to lose that relationship so I agreed. So in the beginning, there was no, I got to stop this. Mm-hmm. Now, hindsight, you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, I look back and I write about it in one of the chapters of my book where I recall laying in bed at five in the morning, trying to get to sleep, my heart racing a mile a minute. I would ask for forgiveness of my sins because I was in the religion in which I was raised. That was what you were told to do. You know, you're supposed to do that every night before you go to bed, because if you don't wake up, you know, you have to ask for forgiveness. And I would ask for forgiveness of my sins because I didn't want to wake up and I had hoped that I would die, Mm. but I would never have committed suicide because I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that to my mother because just the pain of watching her and the, the devastation and the pain that she was experiencing, I could never do that. I just kind of wished it would happen. Mm. So it wasn't until probably a year into recovery from cocaine that I started to want to do it for me. Mm. And it was just, they call it white knuckling. It was just, you know, okay. Okay. You know Um, I think it's probably a little bit easier to come off of something like that, where you have to buy it illegally than it would be to purchase alcohol. Right. Because I, I had, but I did what I was told. I, I called the people who were supplying the drugs and I, said, do not call me. 
you know, I did what I was supposed to do so that nobody would, and they, they honored that. I mean, I never picked up the phone and said, please sell me drugs, you know, <laughs> but, um, but there's, you know, I did what I was supposed to do. So it, 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 it would have been very difficult to relapse with cocaine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was not something that I, I, I was, like I said, I was, it was forced. Yeah. So in those moments where you said you were white knuckling, what did you turn to then to help you ride that wave to your next chapter in life? Um, I became a self-help junkie. Okay. I went to 12 step program. Um, I got very involved in that in the 12 step program. And, um, it was a requirement. I, I went to an outpatient recovery program. Um, and it was a requirement to go to 12 step meetings. And that was, that was definitely a lifesaver because of the support of the people around you and being able to talk about it. And while, um, the people that I was in the rooms with, they had a different drug of choice than I did. It was still the same Mm -hmm. where you're still needing that support and the community, and, and, and then you, you know, I got a sponsor, somebody that you can call and you, you know, we had to call every day, you know, so I did everything that I was supposed to do to, to set me up for success so that I would not go back down that route. That's amazing. Um, and I know that those still exist today. Mm-hmm. They're very helpful and beneficial and, um, really accepted, which I'm really happy about, um, that they're they're helping to transform lives and you're doing the same thing in a different way. You wrote about your experience, um, in your book, happiness solved. And why don't you share with us after you become the, the junkie of trying to get into self-help and, uh, you dove into that. And then what was the, uh, defining moment then that really propelled you into, kind of cracking the code and really understanding what is it that helps us to live on that happy side and to kind of get over or find ways in order to help us cope better with things that had happened in the past. Yeah, there's, you know, there's, it's not just one thing. Um, There's many, many little, little things that go into it, but if but if I were to say one thing, it would be learning how to shift your perspective, mm. because at the end of the day, that's really what it is, whether it's accepting something, forgiving something, um, you know, it's just about seeing things differently. And, and it's always been kind of a superpower of mine that I've always been able to see things from multiple sides. Mm. Um, it's, it's a blessing and it's a curse yeah. <laughs> sometimes when you're always like everything I'm like, Oh, especially when, when it's time for like deciding on who you're going to vote for, like, <laughs> Oh yeah, I like what they say. Oh, but I like what they, you know, and, and you're like, ah, I like torn, you know? <laughs> um, but it really, it really is. It really is that it's just being able to shift your perceptions so that you're seeing things in a different way, because it, because it really is every situation that we, we come that's put in front of us in our life. You have the situation that happened, the story that we make up about it and the way we react. Mm-hmm. And it's that reaction. That's the most important part. And when I say you make up a story is because a lot of times things happen and you're interpreting it based on your, your, your perception, based on your past experiences, your, 
the peers, you know, where you're raised and all of those things shape your perception. It's just, you can change that at any moment. So it's able, you know, being able to look at it. um, Let me just give you a quick example. Let's just say um, somebody cuts you off in traffic. I, I, I use that example because it's, it's, it's a trigger for so many people, right? Because, yep. well, because it's scary, right? Somebody almost right. hits you and you, it's scary. You, you mm-hmm. immediately react. Our 100% of the time, our reaction is always going to be emotional. So you, you feel it. Okay. They almost hit me. I'm okay. Nothing happened. And instead of getting angry at that other person and making up a story that they deliberately tried to hit you, because I promise you they did not, right? It was, it was an accident. They didn't mean it. Instead of immediately going down the negativity route that could just ruin your entire day, just make up a different story. Okay, well, maybe they're rushing to get to the hospital because their child is there, or maybe they're not feeling, you know, just fill in the blank. It doesn't matter, but you change have that perspective. Yes. Just change your perspective. Yes. And show a little compassion, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're all human. We're all, all human. It. Yeah. We've We're pulled out perfect. in front of people, right? <laughs> So in, in taking that a little bit further for you, did you rewrite the story from your childhood after losing your brother? Did you change your perspective on that and rewrite that story in your mind of how you coped with it then? And did you maybe show compassion to those in authority that might not have handled the situation appropriately and giving you that compassion and love that you needed? How, how have you dealt with that? So that's a great question because I don't know that I've ever, I don't think I've ever held it against anybody because it wasn't, like I said, it was something that I didn't even know that they technically should. And I hate to use that word, you know, something that, 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 that they do today that they didn't do back then. Mm -hmm. Lack of knowledge on everyone's part. Yeah. You know, I, I give everybody a pass on that. My mother, I've never held it against her mm. um, because I knew that she was there for me. She was always there. She just wasn't always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 My brother, the interesting thing about, I mean, cause, cause I literally made up a story at, at his funeral. My mother asked me to walk up to the casket and pay my last respects. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And when we looked at the body because he was in Germany and, and it took three weeks for his body to get here from Germany. And he was in 19- the army. He was in the army because okay. it was 1978. So okay. I don't know if he had to go on a boat. I, I don't even know. So it took three weeks. So he, there was a lot of makeup on him. And my mother said, he doesn't look real. He looks like a mannequin. Well, I took that and ran with it. So for many years, the story that I made up was that he wasn't really dead. Mm. And that he was going to be back someday and that, or that he was a spy or that he was in the witness protection program. I made up these stories because that was the only way I could handle it because I didn't know any better. Nobody told me it was like, yeah, he's coming back. That that's not him in the, in the casket. That's not him. He's coming back. The other thing is that I made up a story about happiness and because that day that I found out it was one of the happiest days I remember in my childhood, only to learn that he died and my whole life came crumbling down. So for many years, and I'm talking, this went into you know my 30s and beyond, I decided that I could not allow happiness in my life because if I did, then something horrible was going to happen. Wow. That my happiness created bad things to happen. 
Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. And that was your narrative. That was my narrative that I can't get too happy. Can't get too comfortable because something bad's going to happen. So after many years of therapy, I learned that I have PTSD and that was part of it. You know, today when I do have an episode, um, I've learned how to deal with it and I can, I can get rid of that anxiety in less than a couple of minutes because I've learned how to hone it, hone in on it. And, um, yeah. And could you share with us, I know that you have some steps in being happy and maybe you can share with us now ways in which we can tune in faster and tap in so we can make that mental shift a little bit faster. So it all depends on the situation, um, but it all starts with a thought, right? We all have, there's, there's different studies and different things that have been put out there, um, we have 60,000 thoughts a day, 80% of them are negative. Then I read, no, a more recent study is 6,200 negative thoughts because they, the brain, the neurologists or whoever's doing these studies, they've kind of like, okay, but it's really, there's these threads and da, da, da. da. So whatever the case is, we have a lot of thoughts every day. <laughs> what everybody can agree on is that roughly 80% of our thoughts every day are negative. Hmm. What's even more astonishing is that 95% of our thoughts repeat themselves every single day. So when you keep having the same negative thought, it's really important to shift that. And, and it may be something that you have to do more frequently than others. So I always say, you know, it's so important. You recognize it, you become aware of it. The next step is, is the forgiveness part. You've got to, you've got to forgive. So if there's another person involved, you need to forgive that other person. Because remember, forgiveness is not letting them off the hook for what they did or or how they behaved. The forgiveness is freeing your mind of that space they're taking up in your head. Because when you're you're holding a resentment towards another person, they don't care. They could care less, right? All you're doing is hurting yourself. So you have to release that resentment, release that bitterness, because anger will eat you up like a disease. Yes. It's, It's another thing. I'm sure you've talked about it when in terms of healing. Um, let's bring it back to, to the purpose of your podcast. You know, that, that anger and negative, that anger and bitterness that you're holding on to will make you physically sick. Mm-hmm. So you, you really do have to have to let that go. And forgiveness is the quickest way to do that. You also need to forgive yourself. Mm. We need to accept the way things show up in your life. Okay. You know, we can't fight it. You just, all we can control is how we react. And lastly, when you have that negative thought, switch it to something more positive. Mm. You know, I have this one reoccurring thing to me because of the way people behave. And I'm like, oh, people are awful because they kind of are. Okay. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) You know, but when I have that thought and I don't know when that's going to stop because, because of human nature and, and the world we live in, I switch it to, it's about them, not me. Mm. You know, so it's about switching that negative thought. If you're looking at yourself and you're being critical of yourself, because as women, we are so critical of ourselves more so than men. And, you know, we have to give ourselves some love. And and when you're having a critical thought towards yourself, switch it to a positive one. You know, I love and honor my body exactly the way it is and keep saying it over and over until you can feel in your heart, because when you start to tune in, You will have a physical reaction to these positive thoughts and you will feel this warm and fuzzy feeling in your heart that just, you just want more of. And so you keep repeating it until you feel that. Hmm. 
so Sandy, with your, your mission of helping to change that narrative, change people one at a time and really help the greater good. What are you doing today for people? How can they find you? What do you have in the pipeline? Where can they find your book? So my book can be found on Amazon, Happiness Solved on Amazon in softcover, hardcover, Kindle and audiobook. Um, my second book, which is I'm a co-author in the Change series, you can only purchase that on my website, but you can go to my website, sandyscarlotta.com. You know, connect with me there. You can schedule a free call. You can find out, you know, about my podcast. Um, I do have a course, which is just happiness solved for everyone, which just is a, is a series of five minute videos that people can look at from their phone or wherever and, and get that dose of, okay, you know, it's, it's listed by topics. The, the things that are, that are coming down the pipeline are really amazing. I can't, can't disclose too much, but there may be some television in my future. Exciting. Um, <laughs> not where I'm on, on one of my interviews, but something other than that. So yeah, so there's some really great stuff in the works, but yeah, sandyscarlotta.com. I try to keep it updated as much as possible. <laughs> amazing. I love that. Sandy, before we close, I just wanted to ask you if this was your last message broadcast out to the world, what would that be? Forgive for peace. Mm, that's powerful. That's powerful. I even look at that as, as peace within. It's peace within. It's peace for everybody. Peace for everyone. And when you're peaceful, again, that frequency is elevated, radiates out, and we can live happier, fuller lives and elevate those around us even more. That's beautiful. Thank you, Sandy. Thank yeah. you for your time. And all of this will be in the show notes. You guys can find Sandy and her book, her programs that she has. Again, Sandy, thank you so much for being with us. Colette, thank you. You're it's welcome. Been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And until next time, everyone, be well. You just finished another episode of Limitless Healing, where we dive into all things wellness. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with your friends and family. Together, we can plant seeds of hope that leads to transformation in our lives and the lives of those we love. Let's get healthy together.